Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, do you like uh, the creative control of Vish Khanna show? Do you like it enough to like it on Facebook? Well, there's a Facebook page now. A guy named Mike in uh, New Brunswick decided over the weekend to make a Facebook page for the podcast, so you should like it on there. Oh, and he also made a Twitter account for the show. I trust this guy. He's done stuff like this before. Uh, what could go wrong? The Twitter account for the Creative Control Podcast, at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E, at Vish Creative. So there you go. Facebook, Twitter, you can do it now. All right, let's get to the show. Creative Control with Vish Hello, 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 hello. I have a couple of things to uh, tell you about before I tell you about what's on the show. Uh, first of all, there's a technical issue with my website, and I don't know what it is, but you can't download the podcast directly from the site at the moment, uh, from vishkana.com. I don't know how you're listening to the show. Maybe you're on iTunes. I don't know. You can stream the media, so it's not the media. There's just something wrong with the interface, and I've gone to my podcast provider. I've gone to my uh, server people. I'm Now I'm working on trying to get it fixed through WordPress. I don't know what's happening, but I apologize. You can't download the show right now from the site, but you can listen to it. So hopefully that's working for you. Second note, uh, for those of you who can or are can get to Guelph or are in Guelph on Friday, January 31st. Is that right? Is that Friday? It must be. Let's say it is. On January 31st, I am playing in a replacements cover band called The Tims. We're doing five songs from the album Tim. It's myself and Bri Webb, uh, Mike Dean, and Jenny Mitchell. It's all for CFRU. It's like the CFRU anniversary party happening at the Red Papaya in Guelph, which is inside of a mall. All of this sounds a little suspect, doesn't it? Cover band in a restaurant. It's fun. We're having fun. We've had a couple practices. It's fun. I'm playing drums, and it's great. So anyway, whatever. We think it's... We're having fun. If you if you can make it Friday night uh, and you want to see me play drums, there you go. You know, you never know what you're going to get sometimes when you go and do an interview. I had uh, not really... Uh, I've spoken with anyone from the Darcy's. I was familiar with their music. And uh, sometimes what happens is you have a very entertaining, revealing conversation. And that's what happens, uh, what happened to me when I spoke with Wes and Jason 
of the Darcys. I went to their home in Toronto, and it's a very frank, candid conversation about their music, but also, like, I didn't realize how many strange, slightly illegal connections to Guelph, uh, <laughs> where I live. Uh, I didn't know there were that many connections between the Darcys and Guelph. So, anyway, it's cool. You'll hear a new song by the Darcys as well. And uh, they're playing Hillside Inside, sold-out show on Saturday, February 8th. Uh, but there are other shows uh, for the festival that are still... Uh, you can still go to February 7th to 9th, hillsidefestival.ca. As you know, I've been covering the festival a little bit uh, via the show. Anyway, let's get to uh, Jason and Wes of the Darcy's. Good conversation. That's it. Here you go. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Philomena, Empire of Dirt, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Invisible Woman, and more. On January 30th, the E-Bar welcomes Toronto MP Olivia Chow, who will read from and discuss her new memoir, My Journey. And on February 4th, the Birds on a Wire series at the E-Bar features Alenka Krakus. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Visit bookshelf.ca for more information. I'm trying to produce it. Don't eat the apple. Don't eat the apple. Why are you eating the apple? Now, where? what is this place? Where are it's we? It's calculated disinterest when you eat the apple. Uh, this is our house. This is our kitchen. Who lives here? Uh, Jason and I and uh, Dave, who also plays in the band. Three Darcy's. Three of the Darcy's? What are you, like the monkeys? Well, it's, it's secluded and the door kind of locks, so we go on tour for four months and it's bulletproof. No one even knows it's here. You yeah. Can, it's you have secret, to, our secret lair. It's kind of like going to Hogwarts. You have to run at the wall and you finally make it into our kitchen. I noticed that you have a weird alley situation happening. Yeah. It's also weird because the climate isn't affected the same way that it is out on the street. So you go to get out there and you're like, oh, it's too hot. And then you change your clothes and then you get into the world and it's a totally different temperature. Right. You know, my stomach, I don't know if the mic is picking up. My stomach's actually grumbling. Do you have any apples? Do I have, I have a, a bunch yeah, of apples there, actually. An apple. Are these good apples? They're, you know what? I quite like them. Were they washed? No, yeah, yeah. No. Honey Crisp was my favorite apple. Is that oh really? What is this, a Granny Smith? I think so. I They're miniature Granny Smiths. They're I not, don't like Granny Smith. Skin. I don't understand why the skin. They're is a little tart. Well, you should eat it into the microphone. Mmm. Oh, it's not good. Uh, a little, little sour. Oh, that's a little waxed apple, man. <laughs> this is not a real apple. Why no. would you give me a fake apple on the show? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> that's actually an avocado for one, which is weird. Uh, I don't know it's still good for you though. Mmm. It's a delicious apple. It's good. It's not bad. Don't waste that. I'm going to eat it. I just... That came from the TDSB paid for that bunch of apples. So, so what is this deal? You're playing high schools? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you motion to him? Because he graduated high school and you didn't? You're like, you know this territory. No, it's because I'm not actually allowed in the high schools. My ankle bracelet beeps and then they escort oh, me out. This is not a good situation. Um, <laughs> I like when people make terrible jokes like that. And then it just makes everything awkward for people listening. That oh, guy can't get into high schools. No. And I'm he's feeding in. people fake in. apples. He seems like a sordid character. Feeding gourds to the uh, the people that come over. Uh, oh, right? We, we, uh, I, I got asked to write... Um, a blog keep a blog for the huffington post and so the first thing i wrote about was the 
TDSB cuts for music and how they were going to sort of forever silence music programs pro- probably next year. They tried to do it in May of this year, but they found enough funding to keep it going. So we said um, we would play in your high school for free as a way of promoting so the same way you wrote the article for the Huffington Post for free. Yes, but it's um, I, they, they make a, a great point that I still own my own work when I write it there. Yeah, they like saying so that. So then I can sell that at a later date. I write for them. Oh, nice. I, I should say that. Do you want to group get, blog? But I group blog. I get paid. Uh-huh. They pay me when I write, but I don't. I haven't written one of those things. I just found out that you don't get paid. That's crazy. It's upsetting to me. But, but it's promotional. Yeah, I always sneak something in there at the end. Anyway, the point is, I said... What does we'll that pl- sneak something in? He's got an I, ankle bracelet. It's I, ridiculous. Well, I, Who is this guy? I, uh, I just... There's a little... Sometimes I premiere things on there and pretend that, that it's me or not me and that I didn't do it. It's against the rules. Mm-hmm. I try to break every rule that they have. My favorite part is when they say it should be like 500 words. And they're always like 4,000 words when I put them up there. Anyway, so a bunch of kids said went to their principals and all of a sudden we're playing like 40 high schools instead of the two that I thought might bite on this <laughs> project. So it's been great and it's been amazing. And, uh, the kids are really, or students, I guess they're really, really smart and really interesting. They ask really great questions and we play a 40 minute show, do a bit of a Q and a after that. And then it usually whittles down to a music class or a careers class. And then we talk to them about the things we've done and what we're doing. And, and they've been great. And it's bizarre because we always get the one question that's like, uh, "How come that one guy doesn't have a beard?" And we are not well, not we're not. He's you not you guys, the, you have beards, yeah. Yeah, the other guy, and he's always he's always down on himself for it. But then we'll get questions like, "Wait, how old are these kids again?" Well, we that's the interesting thing is it was high schools, and then we went to old or like just down the street, old orchard public. It was like grade three, four, fives, and they were like so attentive. So interested that there's probably like 50 kids that ask questions. It was great. Yeah, sitting there for a minute, though, like how, like all of a sudden examining all the lyrical content of the songs, being, is this weird to sing these mm. songs to kids? Like, yeah, do we need to turn everything down? We decided not to take drums because we didn't want to, like, cause severe hearing damage. Yeah, that's, that's, that's wrong. You got to yeah. treat kids the same. That's what they want. And then, and then the kids were like, why don't you have drums? Right. Like, you don't exactly. respect us as people. That's, What's going on? That's exactly so, right. But then yes. the, this kid Some stands of the best up, questions goes, we've had the whole, like through the this whole grade three goes like, what is your writing process? Do you use a lot of computers? And I'm going like, like, how is that a thing? And then we go to high school and they're like, why don't you have a beard? Oh, the high school people. The reason I was struck by the beard question is because I, I, as a kid asked, you had a beard visiting, as a kid. No, no. It got a big laugh, and people to this day remember this. I was like, probably grade one. I don't know. Right. And this like high school production of some play, they came to our grade school, and they took questions after. And of course, I said, oh, is that a real beard of course, to the guy? Was- and everyone laughed. And then that became known as a Vishal question. Was- My full name, Vishal. They would say, so apparently I was sick one day, and the teacher, someone asked a dumb question. And the teacher apparently said, oh, you're asking Vishal questions. So it wasn't a fake beard. It was a real beard. Oh. Everyone laughed because... They, they laughed because I didn't think it idiot. was a real beard. Yes, they okay. laughed because I'm dumb. I well, was dumb. So I was we, a kid. We so get, that's why the high school student asking, it's very odd. Right, because they shouldn't be dumb. But, and that's <laughs> why we're trying to promote education. However, the next, the next girl stands up and says, how come there is only white girls in your music videos? Oh my god! And then I'm going like, uh, Mike doesn't that's... have a beard because he can't grow a beard. <laughs> I want to go back to those questions. That's who's awesome. Yeah, she was great. And uh, what was your response to that? Well, I had a good out because the she was talking about the video we made for that Steely Dan song, Josie, and it was just a number of white. Ch- she actually her question was more like, 
do you believe Josie's only white? And like, she really like went after it. And Are you I, sure she wasn't asking about Jesus? She might have been asking about Jesus. Josie, Jesus, white. I mean, that's a common that's a good controversy. Point. In, in female. So I think right. for sure Jesus. Right. Um, and, and I just said that we had made the video ourselves and, um, and I might have sucked myself when I said that they were just our friends that were willing to participate. And I think she's did realized you, that we didn't have any black friends. <laughs> did you at any point be like, look, I've got black I got, friends. Yeah. I like went through the list of friends that I have. <laughs> oh, like I know like, a gay like guy, I know right a black here, guy. I have a Mexican friend. Like, don't worry. It's cool. And she was like, nah. Oh, man. And she just burned our CD in front of us. That's, but not like the way they used to burn CDs. No, different. Yeah, like literally yeah, set it on fire. Yeah. Okay, she wasn't yeah, yeah. ripping it. Okay, and she burned it. She burned it six hundred <laughs> times. She had a little <laughs> a duplicator, yeah, gave it out, and she said, "Don't buy one. this. <laughs> Screw these people." And everyone loves it now. So, where did uh, the Darcys? Uh, did you meet like yourselves in like a high school music situation? Well, Wes and I, yeah, we've been friends since I think we were but like nine or ten years. When old, I was, so. I was at my parents last night, and I found so our first job when we were in grade nine. Can you work for that? We yeah, bur- yeah. we made, we made yeah. when you're like I 13. Worked, yeah, I worked. I was a paper boy. I actually got fired from my first job, but my second. So did job, I. I. Oh, nice. My paper route. Really? Yeah. I well, I didn't do it. I went to like two dumpsters. And, That's uh, what I did. Well, I buried it in a construction site. There's a house up on like Bain Crescent somewhere has, like, in Cambridge. Four hundred newspapers. Yeah, there's just like, foundation. why is it so warm in here? It's really nicely insulated. Well, it's a bunch of Cambridge Times. Actually, it's gonna go up in flames one day. Yeah, it's big time. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's weird. So live with that on your conscience. Yeah. Fine. When I'm I was fine. when I was in high school in grade nine, I got a job washing golf carts so I could play free golf at Humber Valley Golf Course, sort of up at Weston Road. And we would do drugs and gas up these golf carts and drive them down the hill and spin donuts in the gravel because, ironically, you could pry open the governor with a golf tee. It was about the right size. And one time we we got the like Marshall cart that went a little faster. Pried off the governor, went down, spun the donut. The cart flipped. My buddy Mark broke his arm. The cart rolled into the Humber River. And Mark, with his broken arm and I, we just walked off the course and got on the bus and went home. And then I got a phone call being like, you're fired. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I know. What I, were you high on? I don't, probably gas fumes at the time. <laughs> you just huffing fumes? We just knew. We knew that we could do that. No, we were probably smoking dope or that's something. That's a terrible... Are you like an awful person? Like That sounds like a terrible story. That's just like dumb. It was dumb. But I was, you know, it's like one of those things you do as a kid that you... You look back on it. You destroyed a golf cart and broke your friend's arm. Yeah, but you know what? I washed like 40 golf carts a day and I didn't get paid. So you I, was feel like sti- this, I was sticking it to the man. You really. were owed. At least I was one owed golf cart. one destroyed golf cart. Okay. All right. So you two met. Uh, oh, how old were you? My point was I found the first CD we ever made, which was our first job. And we sold it at high school for like 10 bucks. And we're ri- like, by those standards, rich. Oh, well, good for you. What was the band called at that time? It was called Bernice, uh, named after the street that we rehearsed on that's not, that's not bad that's not, in, well, no it, it gets worse it was, it's really bad it's really we, bad going through it it's we listened to it and i think just the two of us alone in the car we were still embarrassed I, yeah i was i felt really awkward i was embarrassed that jason would be embarrassed for me and he was part of it <laughs> did you bring the cd here with you did it's you? in it's it's near but i knew i when i knew that i might bring this up i, I it's far enough away that you can't do you think you could it's buried in the no, foundation I'm gonna, of this i'm gonna house. burn it later yeah burn it i kind of want to play a song from it on this show now uh, is it possible no wanna... because that's the thing is then we realized like the songs are like about going down on girls which was like about going down yeah, on but, girls wow but like but like how th- that popped into our heads at the time i don't even know can i ask uh this might seem untoward but uh, why is it that you only want to go down on white girls 
because uh, black girls won't have me. That's oh, the only okay. thing. I don't have any. That's disgusting. I don't have any friends. Why are you so racist? I didn't realize there's so much racism in this band. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's but anyway, it's part of our under. I really, I'm not gonna leave here until I get a promise a that we can track? play a Bernice track because no. people need to hear that. I, I is it on? Was... Ban- is it a band? Were you on Bandcamp? In, <laughs> yeah, your kids. Not Free Bandcamp. 2001. We were the first. Well, Jason's dad lived in a in a house on Bernice, and it was the original farmhouse of. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't explain. I don't care about that. I want to hear the song. Lots of girls would come in, and we would, that's how we got. And you fantasize the, the, the themes of the song. Yeah, I don't think we ever did it. We just wrote about it. It wasn't <laughs> wasn't like there was no direct like we didn't research. No, but you were using your imagination yeah. and your. I still do. We were getting ourselves yeah. amped up for the future possibility. Right. And still has not happened. <laughs> We just sit alone in our kitchen fantasizing about that record we made way back when. So how old were you when uh, Bernice happened? Like that recording project probably happened in grade nine. Great. Yeah. We, I, and I, then in grade 10 and 11, we, someone donated us a big ball of really nice hash. And we went to Long McQuaid and, and rented and rented this uh, recording. Degenerates, no, guys. No, no, no well, instead of going to school, into, like, I think for until grade 11, a so. couple of months of of the winter we end up doing this really uh, oh, really trippy recording project which is a little bit cooler i think than bernice yeah well that's the one i'm trying to find and it well, you don't have a record of that one this, we do i just don't know where it is mistress right because we were post we were post rock before like rock. we were still rock <laughs> when we were post rock right uh-huh. this is like bruno latour stuff we'd like never been post rock or uh-huh. whatever and uh and uh, it was we we rented this. Now that you have Pro Tools, like we made a re, we've been doing this remix for uh, Chiquita Valenta from Mexico, and we, you know, use the computer, you barely touch an instrument, and it's, it sounds pretty good. Uh-huh. We had the, we rented this board from Long McQuaid that like you had to mix down every single track, and it took us like five days to do one song because I didn't know what I was doing. That Hash Cloud was <laughs> screwing up the system. But we made this thing like it was really like empowering moment to know like it's just still you two and yeah. other yeah. people. No, just this us. Oh, okay. Just us. We had there was a bass player in the first in Bernice, but then uh, he moved on to better things and we stayed behind. Who, what did he move on to? Do we I know? think he was in a band called Johnny Toothpick at one point, or is that yeah, his brother? He had a twin bro- I think he slept with Dave's girlfriend <laughs> later in life. I actually think that happened. Oh wow, that must have hurt. Small world. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, Jesus, oh, Louise. Bass players unite. Yeah. Seriously. Okay, so then this band was the band called Mistress, or was the song you made? No, we made we made like a, a CD. Yeah, I don't think we ever played a show under that format. Okay, so it was just a studio. The project was called yeah, Mistress. Like at the Rocket or something. Could have played a show. We should have played a show. That was the first show we ever played. Is at the Rocket. What's it? This is all in Toronto. Yeah, the Rocket's Toronto. down like at Sherborne and Queen. It's yeah. I think it's now a Thai restaurant. I've never so been we should just set up there, <laughs> like next week, and be like, "We're having Bernice's we'll playing." We'll play Bernice front to back. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Okay, so then that's your sixteen, seventeen. When do the when does the Darcys emerge out of all of that? Well, so I went. To, <laughs> I went to. Does it? It gets, it gets, gets yet, worse. The way the the thread. Uh, I try to hide these things from most people, but uh, we went to. I went to Guelph. Uh, I did well in university, and so they gave me a nice scholarship. I went to University of Guelph. Jason went to Dalhousie. I don't know why they. They gave me that, and I was. Ex- what did you go to school for? I I just like I enrolled in uh, like just a sort of general BA, and they gave me like free residence and whatever half. What? Off. Yeah, it was great. Were you a great high school student? Believe it, considering no. the stories in you, his last year, he did well. Last two, but it was uh, so I failed band class, which is sort of a the irony of this whole plan school project. But there is it's that's sort of been vindicated in later years. But uh, I did uh, my last two and a half, three years. I did really well, and so then I got to go. Oh, well. Tell me how well you did. The, the mid nineties, yeah. Wow, I won some top of the class awards and stuff. So you were like this degenerate 
golf cart destroying <laughs> idiot savant. Uh, yeah, you're like an underachieving kind of guy, maybe. Yeah. And then you just applied yourself and you did really well. Well, I, I actually had a great teacher who, like, we were in. Um, well, I was in like his English class, and he was handing out like Lord of the Flies, and then he just like put this like Douglas Cope. Like I just got a different book than everyone else, and he was just like, "You don't want to read Lord of the Flies? Just go read this book and write me a paper." And then he was just like, "Great," and I would like talk to him. And my parents separated <coughs> the same day that his wife died, or something. So we oh no, we went to like Quiznos for lunch, and he was pretty cool. And uh, and uh, so it was, it was sort of like a big turnaround for me. In school, and then I went to Guelph because he engaged you as a as a real human being. Exactly, I had an English teacher do the same thing last year because uh, I didn't do anything either. I started at grade nine, I tried to do well, then I just gave up. I, whatever I did, whatever I passed, I guess. But then eventually, I I didn't I didn't pass. Like I, I failed like three courses, four courses, really, huh. and that's like half, isn't it? Yeah, I, like, think I had to go so. to summer school, and it was like at like Sherborne like it was real when I was at summer school oh. it was on lockdown and like I, there was like metal detectors and stuff and I was like whoa oh wow so then I learned to pass well Mr. Galley he's the guy who taught this weird English lit class and I could write about the Simpsons or I could write oh, about yeah, the Larry yeah, exactly. Sanders show like I could just write about whatever I wanted the Larry great. Sanders show I it's a just, great show it was my, it's my favorite show really? yeah it's my favorite show I love that show well it turns out we moved here and that teacher lives like a street like, oh, right, weird. right next door so we still go out for lunch sometimes nice we ended up in Guelph, and I got expelled from Guelph. You got expelled from got the university? Well, I mean, it's a bit of a... I'm not really supposed to talk about it, so... But essentially, um, they put me with... I shouldn't... You know what? This goes comes out in Guelph, doesn't it? I'll tell you off the record later. No, but I ended well, up I just, in, can you do it where you don't talk about it? There was this sort of utilitarian argument about me not stopping something that was happening based on a roommate that I they had paired me You were in a with. dorm? I was in a, yeah, with me and this other guy who never, he still went to Guelph, became a teacher. You seem like an East guy. I was in South. Lennox Addington. Lennox Addington. That's, that's, what is that? West? North? Yeah, it's North. (laughs) You're right. I was in South. Lennox Addington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, I lived in room Q107 because there was a, somebody written a Q on front of the 107 and we had a, um, a window, like a sliding window on the ground level, which allowed my roommate to, have transactions with people through the window drug drugs i don't remember exactly but i didn't tell on him and their point was i had endangered you're an accomplice exactly and you're not and so, supposed to talk about and this. i was arrested and put in jail what for real because he was in the bathroom and they came into our dorm they thought i was him i went to jail west got cuffed and his face shoved against a, like i like uh, hit like a fire extinguisher like my eye was like all swollen it was like he got beat cops. up by a female cop it's kind of hot though. What year was this? Do you remember this? Uh, two thousand familiar. Two thousand and five. I had to go no. to like a. Well, that's past my. I think time. I was in grade nine in two thousand. So like two thousand five, and then I had to go to this sort of like tribe in inner. You got expelled in your first year. Yeah, and I like had to. People had to bring me in to write my exams. Like it was really screwed up because the guy that was doing the stuff graduated and now works for the TDSB. Oh and my God. I got expelled. So I called Jason. I was like, do you have any room in your house like in Halifax? And he's like, yeah, man. And then we started the band officially because Dave lived in Halifax. So it just kind of went from there. You're Jesse Pinkman. I am. Well, no, I don't think that's true. I haven't seen the end of that show. So I don't know if oh, he, sorry. he I'm cleans sorry. up. I'm sorry. 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 Comes Spoiler correct alert. or whatever. Spoiler alert. But you are, you were dragged. Your guy was Walter White, if anything. He wasn't maybe no, manufacturing. No, no, no. He was just a dealer. No. I, well, I think there was more to it. And I, you can't talk about this. I can't, but I, I was involved slightly in the sense that I 
helped him formulate a small business plan to eradicate other people's windows. And then he bought me an iPod for my <clears throat> Okay, I'm sorry to see sense. a clearer picture here. But I didn't, I was never, there was, you know, I was never directly involved with that. I just said, you know what would be smarter is if you did this. And then he was like, oh, that's great. He was an iPod like a month later. Okay, so your deal is you weren't dealing drugs. You were the drug dealer's business manager. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, polos or whatever. That exonerates yeah, that you. come in handy later down the road. Wow, that's crazy. So they... They give you a free ride. And they took it back. And they took it back within what semester? It was bizarre because I ended up going to, a, there was, I guess there's some sort of law school club that you have to go to and they sit in a room and sort of discuss your fate. And so I had to, so once I was in jail, I came back and they decided if I would stay or not. And there was a prof that I'd never met before who was came to my defense fully and he said, you know, is this the protocol of what happened to my eye and the way the cop cuffed me? It was like a big deal. And they said, you know, is this normal practice for a kid that, you know, selling dope out of his dorm room? I'm going like, I did, it was this guy. And Tyler's going like, or I mean, I forget his name exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I guess he had been in trouble previously. And so it was like, if I, it became clear that if I took the blame, nothing would happen criminally, but I would be sort of frowned upon at the school. Mm. Tyler wouldn't go to like jail for his life or whatever. So he seemed to have turned it around. He's, he was always like a really smart, great guy. So he just happened, yeah, he's, he's, he just happened to be now. an entrepreneur as well. Right. And so, yeah. And so this professor came to my defense and sort of got me, got me out. Got you out of what though? Like they were like, it was a big, like they were going to pull my scholarship. They were going to uh, discredit my like academic standing to the point. And then essentially what happened was, they said I could finish my exams and then without sort of being proactive about it, they, they sort of suggested it might be in my better interest to move onwards and forward. Leave the so, school. But yeah, it was never officially like you're expelled leave. It was just, this is how we feel about this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want, they don't want you there. Yeah. So why would they want you there? No, but they wanted the other guy there. Cause, oh, they kept him. Yeah, he stayed. He graduated. Oh my and God. And then went... The teacher's college and then became a teacher. That's sad. Like that. So you were, did, was he assaulted by the police? Your guy? No, he was in the bathroom and he heard it all and he stayed, just locked the stall door, I guess. And just, because the bathroom was he wrote right, it out. It was right, yeah, right across from my door, oh which my wasn't really God. nice for the whole year. But so the communal bathroom was right there and he just heard what went down and just oh hung out there. God. And so it wasn't very so good. So you, you, you're, you're a, you're a patsy. That's it. That's how I feel about it, to be yeah. honest. But, but they want to brush it aside because there was a police assault and all. I said this I stuff. wouldn't cry on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, is this bad? Are we talking about? Okay. No, no, no. I just I feel just because it's gonna. I mean, it's Guelph centric, so whatever. It is Guelph centric. I might get I might get thrown out of the uh, club on or the church. They can't let me in a church now. That they know all these <laughs> things about me. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. That's crazy. So you get expelled from Guelph. You move to Halifax. Hey, Jason had a room. Yeah, they you had, had a room. And I've been hanging out with this guy, Dave, who's a couple years older than us, and he, and he kind of hung around our younger uh, group because of the, the female. Because he couldn't hang out near the high school, it probably frowned upon. Uh-huh. Yeah, his, his the he was in thir- would have gone I guess he was in four, he was fourth in year when, third, when yeah, we I met in him, second he was in year. third year, and I was in my first year, and we put together a, a pretty cheesy band to do a notice writing cover for a talent show. I wasn't there. And then, yeah, and then the next year, Wes came out, and we were like, finally, we have a basement, and we can set up the drums, we can have a band. And we only knew one bass player. And he was in a bluegrass band, and he pretty much played lead bass, like just bass solos. He was a total asshole. All day and all night. He was like, yes. So we had to coach coach him to relax the number of (laughs) notes he played in every 
basically we, we bought him like kid a and said you can't listen to fish anymore like you just can't if you want to no, do no this fish no yonder mountain string band. yeah yeah if, if you want to be a part of this you got he's come along chill. Way. he's great now yeah it's the same dave this yeah, year dave. down the hall dave the guy you don't like he's we used to call him an a-hole there like, can i swear on my podcast I can. I don't know oh, if you yeah, can. Yeah, I don't know if I should. I'm trying to be dignified. A hole. Sounds grosser. Actually. Yeah, it does. It actually sounds worse. Um, anyway, so you're a right friend. A hole. So he. Stop it. This, so this, he. This conversation's gone down the a hole, I think. I just wonder if any more characters will emerge that don't require an ankle bracelet. It feels like everyone that you've brought up is like trolling after small children. No. Uh, no. You know, I just want you to be careful. Oh, you, you, we need to be careful. Yeah, at this you do. Warrant set for us. Now, um, now there's a situation. There's like a Dave lawyer's going to look at this. Dave episode. was known as uh, Drunk Dave. That was his his moniker. For years, that was no one knew his last name because he was just like every time you saw him, he's just yelling. I don't think he like had his clothes on ever. And he managed to graduate though, which is pretty well, amazing. And then we yeah, we we ended up going back to that school and playing. They were kind enough to offer us quite a fair bit of money like to, after we had all moved on I to think play the frosh whatever year oh, when this band had finally yeah 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 yeah, yeah. solidified and uh oh and so we solidified by i came out there we were the band and then when we came back to toronto mike joined the band who chasing knew from camp but we went back we played camp this. he was the superior guitar player around the campfire always okay <laughs> so i'm gonna get that counselor in our band yeah, yeah, yeah. okay close uh and uh and so we played the steps just like because sloan had played the steps and they made a big thing out of it and it was great and there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I was at Thailand, like, you know, the whole year was there. And then we went to the campus bar. I don't know. Mike was wearing like a headdress. Like I don't even understand how this whole thing happened. Like you it was like wearing, Halloween. You were wearing a, I think like a, a leopard Halloween costume. Oh for yeah, a small it was dressed person. like a giraffe, but it was a for giraffe. like a child. So I cut it. You know, I think because it was like, I think it was Halloween or something. It was late. What, whatever it was. It was, it was a costume themed show, and now there's a photo of us, of Mike and I at the like literally laminated and screwed. No in one the really remembers. Not allowed to go into the bar. How it happened, but. You're banned from this bar? From the campus bar that hired us to come play Frost. It was the dumbest thing. I don't even know what I did. Campus bar that was our campus bar all through university. Like, if I didn't get banned through university, I don't know how I did it after. Oh, why did you get. So, did you. Somehow, a a couple bottles of. Okay. You can't talk about this either? Well, I'm sure we can. I just. I think a bottle of whiskey went missing from behind the bar. And then then traveled around the crowd. You think. Traveled around the crowd of people upside down, of me, pouring, I, I pouring itself don't. into people's mouths. No one knows who have. was pouring or who obtained the bottle. 
don't understand. This was just supposed to be a podcast interview. It became a hearing. What happened? Do you? What, yeah, what's yeah. going on with you guys? I think the the problem was not necessarily the misplaced whiskey, but more that the uh, don't some of the, the people <laughs> in the establishment may have been minors below drinking. Oh. Ankle bracelet territory. Once no again. miners, like they were digging underground. <laughs> they were digging miners, real, real miners. <laughs> no, it's just that I guess you could go to that bar with a, a student ID if you were underage, which I didn't. We didn't know because it was a, it's a private bar for just kings. So if you have, you can sign in underage and you can't drink. They you were of age, but yeah. some people were. Wait, so when the bottle went around, I guess it. A few oh. people took a drink from it that shouldn't have. And you were responsible? No, no not directly. Was it was never. It was, just, it was the was guy, meditating. my roommate from Guelph, who showed up and passed it around. <laughs> anyway, so we're not allowed to go there. But then, so we played a. This year, when we played Halifax Pop Explosion, we did sort of like a secret show there, which was amazing. Where'd you play? Uh, we played at Reflections. Oh, okay. I was at the Pop Explosion this year. Oh, nice. Circulating, but I didn't see your show. I saw Thanks, it. man. I'm sorry. Sorry. That was awkward. Bring it Hope you enjoy thing. that apple. Um, <laughs> what is this worm? Yeah. No, no, I didn't I didn't I didn't know. I'm sorry. I was running around. You know, it's a I'm not apologizing. I couldn't go to everything. You did apologize. You can't take I that know, back. I, damn it. Oh, I almost said it again. Yeah. Anyway, so you but what happened? You what you played reflections? Oh, but we played a secret show at the wardroom. We temporarily was lifted the band. No, well no, that's the thing is so we're loading the gear in. And there's a like a like a young girl like first year doing her security whatever, and I'm loading the gear and she's just looking at this photo on the wall and looking back at me <laughs> and she has no idea what to do because I obviously look a little bit Meanwhile, older. Meanwhile, we, like we just me. driven there like, through the night from New York, so we all looked pretty. Oh yeah, and my eyes were like spinning around in my head. Who are these weird? <laughs> she was like, weird, and then dudes. and then Mike came in who's the photo beside me and he's got a headdress on. I think in the, like I think the photos <laughs> from that night. They're just like. And uh, and so she was. I think she called a guy, and the guy had to give us a temporary pass for the night. Wow! But it was great. Like that was one of the, my favorite shows ever. It was the entire bar was packed with students that came from. Man, I had no idea there was such a badass underbelly to this band. I listened to the records and like <laughs> so I wimpy. It's not wimpy, but it's not. It doesn't seem to be. There's no swagger. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> I don't know where. Swaggerless. I'm going. Well, I don't. What are, where are you going? Actually, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what I'm going for. I guess uh, you know people make music, and then it's. I guess like if you hear like what happens with Guns N' Roses and then you hear the record, you're like, yeah. I think we just I could see that happening. We just make ours like in the during the hangover maybe. And that's they, what it they, seems like. It's and, foggy and like yeah, hazy. And, and they like, make theirs while still raging. Right. But uh, maybe we need a, a new approach. Yeah. Do, you, do you have rage? No, no. I meant when I say raging. <laughs> no, I know, but I just like do no, you I, is there I, an edge? I, and that, I think I've been There's a clearly there's an outlaw element within the people that make up the band you've been banned from all sorts of things but if, yeah you know it's at, and i think that there is like a uh, optics issue at times where people are just kind of like those guys are you know doing their own thing and maybe not taking everyone into account but uh we've been getting better i think we've been more more friendly we're kinder we're trying to be more inclusive we're trying to branch out and maybe i don't know i have no answer to this question <laughs> yes really, there's an issue there's so you seem to be i have issues. a problem and i want to talk to you about it but, okay, here's another thing that I'm getting, and mm-hmm. you can process this how you will. Uh, this happens all the time now. I talk to people who are in bands that make a, I would say this is like a serious, earnest kind of music. Clearly a lot of funny stuff going on on a personal level, yeah. and a lot of hijinks, hijinks, like it's the 50s, yeah. right? And, uh, it's and really I, kooky here. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just saying... Those, like, <laughs> those glasses Jason has with the spring eyeballs, yeah, I find really Totally. Hilarious. But I, whoopee cushions, it's yeah. all like that, that kind of thing. But I just, I, I'm curious how you separate the zaniness 
from I don't the think it, process, the creative process. I don't think it is separated as much as I think people might think. And, you know, as we grew up loving bands like Steely Dan and stuff like that, there's a lot of... They have an acerbic... Right. Under, uh, like it, it's they, there's sarcastic. an irony. I yeah. mean, like one of the lyrics is pretty girls need no religion, like on the record, right? And people think it's like a some, means something, but it's like to us, it's just sort of like this ironic kind of funny gesture. And uh, and so I think that there's a lot of stuff like that um, injected into the record, but just because of the sound and the style, it becomes, um, it's, it's just totally repurposed in people's ears because of the, the music. And so I, I think we try to kind of sneak it in there as a tri- as a dirty trick that people right. don't realize and then the people figure out and they're like I've been had <laughs> like this a lot isn't of serious kind of like inside jokes but I mean that's not even so inside if you if you listen to right. it I mean who takes that could take that lyric seriously like we're we're thinking about getting t-shirts made with that you know just to like kind of ham it up a bit and uh, so I mean there is stuff on there that is very personal and introspective but at the same time I think we tried to lighten it up with some some humor. But I think if someone, you know, walked down the street past one of our band practices, they would have no idea that it was us. It's like, Play a lot it's of like Bowie covers. Bowie and Weezer and Rage Against the Machine and whatever. We just kind of mess around. Record, and like, we just play front to back every practice now. For real? Yeah. You just play it? We used to, we used to, we got asked to play our manager's birthday party like years ago at the boat and we just didn't want to play it. And so we just showed up and played Shine a Light front to back and we just sort of try to learn as many songs as we can, as many different bands as we can. Do you need a plate for your apple? Oh, no, I kind of, maybe. I'm sorry. Was it rude of me to... No, you should just eat it so that it has a certain amount of balance. So it doesn't. I know, I was kind of trying to do that, but I'm, oh. I'm taking one bite at a time. I'm doing an interview, or whatever this is. Yeah, you seem trying, um, calculated uh, disinterest. I'm, no. I'm no, just, that's what the apple does. I'm it's like when you call a girl and you eat an apple. She's like, does he really care? He doesn't, he's busy. Are you? I didn't know this. all this import it's, it's, was applied to apples. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Those apples are also imported. <laughs> do you relish the opportunity to kind of... Do, some people don't like interviews, like some bands. They're like, ah, I made the record. It's good. I don't... Whatever. I'll do the thing just to promote the record. But I don't care. This gives you a whole other outlet and to showcase this side of you. Do, do you relish this a little? I think that it depends on the interview. Like sometimes you get an interview and you'll... The people will be really uneducated on your band and will ask you questions that make little sense, and I just want to like strangle them because I don't understand why I'm talking to them. And it's like, what's your favorite color? And you're like, shut the, f- get out of here, you know? Like, why? Why am I doing this? And and then there's other people. It's just like these the high school shows and stuff. Then they just come out of nowhere with these beautiful, interesting questions about something that you've never thought about about your record. Um, but no, it's fun. I mean, and we're also trying to get better at it and trying to be better at it instead of not wanting to do them because I think there was a time when we found them a little bit arduous. But, but do you find them, like, they can be dry, right? Like, this whole thing can be very dry, but I, I, this is more amusing than I expected it to be because you guys are clearly nuts Yeah, and interesting. <laughs> well, I think together it's, you know, you can feed off each other. I think sometimes it's a little isolating for other people when Jason and I talk because there is a lot of, like, we've known each other for 18 years or something like that. At this point. So... Um, and you live together. I mean, that's got to be. Yeah, well, we just say we're dating because it's all. It just seems less weird. <laughs> it's so much weirder that we're not dating. So we just say that we are now. So in terms of the band, uh, like how the band interacts with one another, like who, how does like the, what's the workload like in terms of like who's doing what? Well, Wes and I, we joke that we like the house here. It, we write off as a business expense as our, as our office because we're pretty much working 
all the time on this stuff. But I, I think that's part of the, the cool thing about, you know, having a pretty like solid idea that gets shown to the other guys is they get to see it with fresh eyes. And So you guys are still, you know, this friendship extends for, as you say, 18 years. So are you the brain trust of the Darcy's? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, a friendship, I don't know what would happen without it at this point. I think we might just die, which is kind of scary. It's like, it's like a growth, you know, like, um, <laughs> Get removed. instead of amalgamated our personalities. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we do a lot of, like, we will work on this remix and, you know, Dave and Mike have day jobs and they go and do those. And, and they're, I mean, fundamental and amazing people, but, and to the band, but, uh, you know, we're, we're always trying to pursue new things through like this remix. We're trying to work on a George Carlin remix. That's what we're doing next. Yeah. So we'll see how that, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you have to wait. Cause I don't know how it's going to turn out either. <laughs> you mean a George Car- who or, commissioned you to do that? No, no, this one, this one's all on our own. Oh, okay. But, uh, and then we're working on like one for Kevin drew and hopefully I was just talking to Max doing one for our Kel. So it's busy. And we said a week ago, no more remixes. We have to start writing so that by the time we have to make a new record, we'll have some some ideas. And we got like fifteen emails, like with like, hey, can you do a remix for this? Can you? And all with all with promises attached. So we we're like, oh. So now, all we, how is the word spreading about your ability to remix other people's stuff? Well, we did a uh, we did this pretty cool statement mix, like almost an hour of music where we kind of reworked and edited a couple of our favorite songs and then mixed them with some of our songs and other songs, whatever. Kind of made this DJ mix. And uh, between, you know, the tracks we did for that and other ones we did for some friends, I guess they're just circulating. Well, the, it's fun for us. Like, much music. Cool we did one for Serena Ryder and much music named it one of the top ones of the year. And we also did one for Bombay Bicycle Club, which is a big band from the UK. Yeah, they played Hillside a year or two ago. Exactly. And so and they they really push it and, and people seem to like that one. Um, so I just it's it's just moving a bit, which is nice. And it's for fun. Us, so we get we get to learn how to do things with music that we would never do. With our band, like I think you know, it forms for the floor, electro buildups and and all sorts of crazy beats and stuff like that. But we're figuring out kind of int- what we want to steal from that and kind of well, import. That's what that's what cover songs are too. Mm. Like if you're a musician and you make original music, I find I started playing in like a cover project, and it just teach. I was like, I would never think yeah, to play like this. Exactly. It's like physically just something I would never think to do. Well, that's what we did on the record. We programmed all of the drums ahead of time. And then I had to relearn them, but you would when you program a drum a drum beat, it sounds good regardless of where your hand might be uh-huh. in within sort of like the the rhythm of the, the the beat. So you have to relearn how to sort of play that part where your brain would never sort of inherently do that. Yeah, and that was one thing we went after to try and get sort of different grooves and see how it makes sense. So we had this very like rigid program version, and then we would go back and just sort of try to play it organically, right? And see how that grew, and that was a totally different way than sort of I was used to playing drums. So yeah, that happened with kind of with other instruments as well like there's you know a piano parts that were completely edited together that someone then had to learn and play and then that gets you know edited again and just that that dialogue between the computer and someone's hands i feel like it's where you get new things that you know i don't think anyone would come by naturally yeah and we do a lot of covers too like we did that entire steely dan record yeah why did you do the, this is aja you drugs did- asia Asia, sorry, I said Aja because it yeah. means it's Hindi, right? And of course, means... I think that's what they named it after. Well, then, then they're then you're wrong because right. it's actually Aja because I speak Hindi and it means uh, it actually means like come here or come on or whatever something like that. So anyway, what do you think it means? That Asia, yeah, I think it has to do with a girl that Donald Fagan was dating at the time. And okay, then, uh, and that might have been her name or something. But Aja, I'm just trying to make it sound I'm better. Browning it up, yeah. I'm just trying to tell bit. you that uh, that's what it means. I think. 
And when I read it, that's what I oh think that, that of. makes sense. But it's you're probably you're more right. You did the record. You probably know. I, all. I used to read the Donald Fagan book too, which was oh, yeah. boring. Did you read it? I know he rips into a bunch of people. I, not, it, he doesn't like kind of. It's sort of like very like f- f- like flail. Like it's not really not really, really a book. Like, is it? It's, it's not, not a coherent narrative. No, but I, I read. I was reading the. Uh, he he sort of keeps a tour diary when he's on on tour with uh, like. Michael McDonald and Boss Skaggs and they're doing their Rolling Thunder review or whatever yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. and uh, Rolling Thunder review maybe and uh, and he talks just about how much better and bigger and more money they have to do the Steely Dan tour I found out that they will live in three hotels like LA Chicago and New York and then they will just charter planes every night after the show and every day before the show and then go back to the same hotel what? so like they'll be in Chicago and then they'll do or, uh, they'll be in New York and they'll do like the entire West Coast or East Coast flying back and forth from that one hotel instead of riding in a bus. Wow. So, and then on this one, he's like, oh, I have to stay in like the Four Seasons and ride in this bus. Like, my life sucks. <laughs> like, why don't you get in our van, <clears throat> a hole? So, do you, that's good. That was a good use of a hole. Do you, do you, but you're a fan, you're yeah. fans of Steely. I Band. even like Sunken Condos. Like, I'm really, I really like them, him, them. So, I just. I don't know, but, but I that to was, devote they, a whole record. Like, do, uh, have they caught wind of what you did, or do they know anything? They, they had it was to put into a Dropbox when, for, once we finished it. And it was, yeah, it was made available to Walter Becker, and it was downloaded. But no one ever said anything. We didn't hear from them. I, I, I my uh, thought is that some, they heard it, or probably a part of it, and then turned to somebody and said, "Do we make money off of this?" And they said, "Yeah." And they're like, "Okay, just don't kill it. Like, just let it go. What's uh-huh. the difference?" But they're not out there saying. You know, it would have been better if they were like, this is terrible. I think if they had said that, I think that record would have done even better than if they had said it's great. <laughs> Was it, because uh, you got to be careful when you're a young band. Uh, I know you've been doing this a long time, but that gets into gimmick territory, the idea of That's, doing... yeah, we were really worried about that. It may have that. hurt us. Who knows? I think a, lo- a lot of people had a really negative reaction to it. I, which... I got a de- couple death threats. No, <laughs> I actually. I like that at least it was a conversation. You know, I think that... I got an email saying like... From who? I want you to die. You've ruined like the greatest oh, record people, of all time. You know, on the YouTube videos or the RDO On the YouTube. Have you been on the YouTube? Been on the YouTube. There's all these like really, really harsh comments. Like, why would you ever do this? Like, this is... Don't ever touch this record. And I get it. Like, it is a beautiful you know, perfectly recorded perfectionist album. But at the same time, you know, it, that doesn't mean that you should never look at it again. And, and, no, 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 and, that's, and we're not saying we're, we did it better. I and, just think that it's it, a project it's also nice to backwards into. And it's nice to just let it be instead of going like, you just don't get the point. Like you really just totally missed the point because if they think that we were trying to replicate it note for note, and that's what we came up with, then they must think we're the stupidest people on earth right. and the least capable musicians. And that's just not, it was just more about sort of the collision between my dad's music collection and mine and sort of that conversation. And, and sort of also, I think that there's this subtle undertone of our dads, both loving that record and us having tepid relationships with our fathers over the years and sort of destroying their masterpiece and bringing it into our world. And it was just this nice, huh. Huh, that's interesting. nice like project that we made in our apartment. It kind of speaks to your remix sensibility a little bit. Exactly. Uh, it reminds me of uh, a few years ago, Dirty Projectors. Do you know about this? They did a Black Flag record from memory. Yeah. And it's like, not that far off, really. Yeah. Did you like study the record? No, or? but we. I knew that. I knew that that happened. And Flaming Lips had also done Dark Side. It came out while we were recording uh-huh. Asia, Asia, and. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, so we we actively sort of looked at what they had done and made sure that we weren't doing the same thing. But also, we wanted to have it be something more than we covered this record, right? Because we're because Leia from July Talk, we were talking with her because I used to live with her at her house, and she not like platonically. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And that was good. Yeah. Just to, I don't know how that sounds. Uh, to, we were joking about doing a cover of Paradise by the Dashboard Light and doing it sort of like note for note and just having her sing the female part. And, and that was more just about being fun and not really being progressive or interesting. This is just, what the, you can, the other part of it is like the gimmicky, like people will not take you seriously if they think you're a, a cover band. Right, exactly. Say. We've and, managed to get around that somehow. Well, this is the, the new record that I'm holding, Warring, is, is uh, the end of a trilogy, right? Yeah. That's the, the plan. And what is the, how would you describe the scope of the trilogy for people who, who haven't heard it? Well, I think a big part of it is that we were working on songs and ideas from all these three records kind of at the same time. And so there are things that got scrapped early on. We were working on our self-titled record that, you know, didn't show up until Warring. And so I think that there was like, there's a conversation between all the songs and it was more of a question of where they fit and where different ideas fit. And, and a lot of things were applied to Aja. Aha. It's pronounced aha. aha. Yeah, I think it's aha. Sorry, guys. Aha. I, I didn't mean to mess with your pronunciation. It's not us. No, no. Just... <laughs> you can pronounce it however you want. I did. You, you do. I made it a little more Indian. I gave I it a little you, spice. I, I, like, yeah. I like it. But anyways, the way we worked on all the albums kind of informed how everything else turned out. And I think that there's just kind of a cohesive you know, story through the whole thing, especially with us as a band and figuring out what kind of sound we really want to go after and how we wanted to do it. And I... I feel like this is kind of that culmination. Yeah, it's that moment at the end where I think we've created that aesthetic and, and, and so achieve you know how we want to represent it. And we also did it within like they were all recorded within a year and a half of each other. And I I was really sort of into the idea of growing publicly as a band instead of just making a record every two years and having right. some new producer. Like it was it was so chartable. You could see how everything changed, where we were going, and if you hear Asia after self-titled and then you hear this record they kind of make sense sort of as a trajectory and, right and i wanted that to be out there and then there's a few remixes that pop up in between and if you really were a like serious fan and you paid attention everything as it came out they all sort of work together towards this one thing and then i also like the idea of i mean we, we may have more records the the deal extends beyond this mm-hmm. with arts and crafts but that doesn't necessarily mean this project goes on or, or the way it, it's currently stands. It goes on. There's a lot of freedom now that we've sort of completed. This yeah. Trilogy. Like what's, yeah, you complete the trilogy and I, you say it was all done within a year and a half. Yeah. So you've already been working towards a new thing. Well, we, we finished, um, we, we wrote and recorded a 20 minute instrumental track. Um, that is supposed to be the soundtrack to a section of a Cormac McCarthy book. And we're putting that out. Um, on Record Store Day, and it's Which sort of book? Uh, Cities of the Plain. It's okay. the last in the trilogy of the Border Trilogy, like right. all the pretty horses. Yeah, um, and that was sort of our prologue to this whole operation. It's sort of a culmination of all the different sounds and the ideas, and then it's just this one unified sort of. Um, it's a very intense, like personal thing that somehow is doesn't have any lyrics, and I think that's sort of interesting. We tried to really create these narratives within the instruments and things like that, and just our love of. You know, do makes they think and Godspeed all and all the this stuff that, that we don't think you know necessarily made it onto the albums in the way that we wanted to give them. It's just an like a, opportunity. It's like it's, it's like us purging kind of our inner 
it's also like a like not a b it's like a really involved b-side compilation of ideas but then put into something that i think is as strong as any release right and these are potentially ideas and sounds that people wouldn't necessarily associate with the darcy's right yeah it's it's it's, especially after these electro remixes and heavy beats and stuff like that i think we're gonna be big in the club scene in mexico after we (laughs) drop this mix pretty pretty heavy i'm sure it's gonna be we'll play it for you before you go so in the cormac mccarthy thing are you meant to read along while listening well i don't see we were thinking about that but um it i'm not sure if if you could i don't think it would take you more than 20 minutes but i think basically without giving too much away even though you ruined breaking bad for me earlier um, sorry i really feel bad jesse um, i mean uh sorry wessie yeah wessie um is that there's sort of this rise and fall of this sort of like archetypal cowboy anti-hero character throughout um, the first book and this last book. And then there's a different character that's introduced in the middle book who they sort of meet up in that third book. And we just tried to soundtrack sort of the internal emotions of this very sort of um, important moment in his life and then sort of his demise from that point. And so we, it was a soundtrack sort of to what the book says without it being, you know, like a paint by numbers or like okay. follow along. We're going to make a music video where it just <laughs> highlights the words as you use the place. But, uh, but so I think if you, if you read it and then you listen to it, there is definitely a connection there. But then we wanted to explore more trying to create uh, emotion sonically and how do you, you know, if you can play with a, you know, you know when, like, with Breaking Bad, for example, or like Kirby Enthusiasm, you know, you kind of want to stand up when you watch it because you're so like... Yeah, yeah, it's intense. Stressed. And we, in sort of trying to do that in a section and then also trying to sort of bring it down in sections or see if you could create like a sadness or an anger or whatever. And it was just about sort of exploring where we could go with this kind of stuff. So and when is this thing coming out? Do you know? Record Store Day. Yes. Oh, okay. This, everyone knows this is coming. It just it just got uh, approved, and so we announced it the other day. Okay, they cool. don't. Like, we haven't announced the the titles or anything like that. All right, the movements. So well, it sounds like you guys got a lot going on. You got a sold out show in Guelph for Hillside. It's exciting. Congratulations on that. It's good. I I want to play a song from this uh, record on the show. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. What can we play? Five bucks. What? Come on. Okay, three bucks. What do you want to play? Oh, horses fell. Yeah, that's with horses fell is sort of poppy for us and it's we for some reason idiotically haven't been playing it live and now we are okay because everyone said yeah we'll play it in guelph for sure all right this is horses fell by the darcy's uh west jason this was great thank you so much for having me in your home and for the nice chat take your apple with you enjoy i have to go to the bathroom oh we don't have one oh no this is a porta potty up oh my god Stay
Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at cfru.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack. 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.